What's going on, everybody? You are listening to Heated Shenanigans Podcast. I am Scott, joined by my co-host, Colin. And on today's episode, we've got a good one for you. But before we get into all that, we're going to go over a couple things. Number one, I want to say a huge thank you to Mr. Jerry Pesk and all of his hard work and endeavors to help support this podcast. Uh, for all of you listeners out there, Jerry's cutting you a great deal. If you go to www.peskeffects.com, you can browse Jerry's immensely deep gallery of metal artwork. And we're talking stuff ranging from horror to anime to Pokemon to Yu-Gi-Oh to really whatever your interests are. And the best part is with Jerry, if you do not see something that you like, you can request it and Jerry will make a custom piece for you. But we do ask that you please do be patient with Jerry as he does have quite a bit to work on and he will get to you as soon as he can. But also, again, for the listeners out there, when you go to www.peskeffects.com and use promo code SHENANIGANS, it will save you 15% off of your purchase. Pretty generous discount if I do say so. And again, big thank you to Jerry for all that you do for us. Uh, Another thing we want to briefly touch on, well, not briefly, spend a little bit of time on this one. Uh, good friend of the podcast, Elijah Burke, has a really awesome charity going down in Jacksonville, Florida, called Love Dash Alive. It is a nonprofit organization. It is completely funded out of Elijah Burke, uh, aka the Pope, his pocket, and they go. The organization Love Dash Alive goes and helps raise, well, I believe money, but also they do. Uh, food drives, getting clothing, helping the homeless, doing their absolute best to help the less advantaged in the Jacksonville, Florida community and area. And again, uh, you can find links to Love Dash Alive in the description of this episode. We will have that. Additionally, you can visit their social media pages. And if you are really feeling generous and want to make a donation, that is more than welcomed as well. Again, we do urge that you only give what you can afford, uh, not asking to go out there and donate thousands of dollars. Every little bit does help. So whatever is affordable to you and your family and or your budget, a little bit does go a long way in the uh, the livelihood of helping others, especially anybody that is on hard times currently. And just again, really awesome group uh, and charity down there in Jacksonville, Florida run by, again, by Elijah Burke. Uh, Can't say enough nice things about him. They are truly good people and really, really a blessing to have down there in Jacksonville, Florida. But now that we have said all that, Colin, let's talk a little professional wrestling. All right. So what do you want to start on today? We got a a bit of a list. We do. Uh, Let's talk about the, uh, some of the most recent happenings I mean, I think you got to we, we got to start with that promo by MJF. I mean, completely shits on Tony Khan, Tony Khan's grandmother, his granddaddy, the the bad gas mileage of the Khan family, everything, just completely shits on by by MJF. Did you hear the promo? Uh, I didn't get a chance to hear the promo. I we were I think we were talking about it a little bit ahead of time, but um, I just it. I, I love these these sort of promos, similar to like uh, to Punk's pipe bomb, but I don't feel like AEW has been around long enough for them to to like have this sort of thing. Like 
Like when Punk when Punk complained about WWE and what Vince was doing and everything to that nature, like the fans have been complaining about it for years at that point. Like we're tired of a scene, or we're tired of this and that and the other thing, and we're tired of all this silly nonsense. There should be a way to do to go about it. And Punk pretty much addressed a lot of it. And with the MJF thing, like AEW's only been around a couple years. Like we we need we need this competition. Um, I don't think it's done much good, honestly. Though I don't think WWE views it as as threatening as they viewed WCW. But we need a second brand that's big for AEW. Well, well, I mean, like we like we need AEW and WWE because competition breeds, you know, success. Success. It breeds a lot of good things. If you don't have anything to compete against, you, you kind of become complacent. And so I'm curious more of how much of a work versus a shoot this is. If it's I I'm gonna I assume Tony Khan isn't gonna let him just go out there and say whatever he wants without approving it first, similar to what Vince does. There the reports that I had heard were there were a few executive, I think Warner Brothers and some other executives that were at that particular event were not happy with the language because, I mean, he's dropping fuck and shit and everything under the sun in this promo. Uh, they said they, they took all of his merchandise down, which, again... That could be a, that could be a work, though. Yeah, I mean... I, I went there, In his promo, one of the, the big hooks was... Tony Khan hoards all this money to pay for ex-WWE guys. Yeah. I, I do want to point something out. If you look at their world championship lineage, Jericho, Moxley, and this may not be an exact order, but Jericho, Moxley, Omega, Adam Page, briefly CM Punk. Three of the five were ex-WWE guys. Yeah, I mean... Punk is an outlier because he had long since left WWE. I mean, he hadn't been there since like 2015. I know it was after the one of the Rumbles. I want to say it was the shit Rumble, but there was a few of this, especially in the mid-2010s. But um, it, he's an outlier a bit. I feel like he was just kind of a free agent by that point, and he, you know, wasn't so much WWE. I do get that. Definitely 50% of them, for sure. Um, but um, at least the two that they picked were good ones. Like, it'd be different if they had, like, brought out, I don't know, um, what's his fucking name? He was the soft guy. Soft? You remember when they did S-A-W-F-T? Oh, I, yeah, uh, I can't fuck, Enzo. 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 Yeah, if they had picked Enzo, then I could understand being like... Yeah, but Enzo's not even in the company. Well, I know, but he used to be a WWE guy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if AEW had hired him and made him world champion, then I can understand being pissed about that, because that's, uh, that's what most of the cruiserweights were pissed about, was I, him being in there. The, the thing I, I got to point out, though, for this promo is I, MJF didn't say anything that wasn't true. Yeah. Tony Khan has doled out the Brinks truck to the ex-WWE guys. He has pushed them really well. Yeah, A lot of the homegrown talent AEW 
I mean, MJF is homegrown. Uh, Kenny, Hangman, the Bucks. I mean, a lot of them were pretty famous in in um, in wrestling circles, anyways, just because of their uh, their indie stuff, especially Omega. Um, because I hadn't really heard a whole lot of Hangman Page, but I'd heard of o- I'd heard of Omega, you know. So there's a lot of people drawing comparisons to what Punk said in WWE, like you had mentioned earlier, and then what MJF recently just said on AEW. I think it's funny that at the time of the promo, I believe Punk was world champion, and you have Punk who is an older veteran who is in the top spot. You have a young guy, extremely talented on the mic and in the ring and MJF. It's kind of like the roles were switched between punk and Cena and now punk and MJF. I don't know if that promo by MJF was directed at anybody in particular, but. Um, I mean, see, CM Punk probably drew a lot of eyes, and then I don't think he's, I don't think he's done enough in AEW in AEW to warrant um, a lot of of a major push. I like I don't feel like I could be wrong about this, but I feel like a lot of his uh, his uh, in ring stuff has been stop and start. Like he doesn't seem like he consistently goes into another program it's like he does a program and then he just kind of is there and then he comes back and does another program but i mean i understand where um mjf is coming from but a lot of the big thing is you got this is how wcw became really big was they poached a lot of wwe talent now once they got them they kind of dipped around with them and some of them they pushed really well then you have some like Bret Hart that were pushed horribly um but you you, you got to feed off of it's, it's almost like uh AEW's like a black hole feeding off this like a, a star like you you got the super bright object in the WWE and they're Pissing away some of their good, their their super stars, so you gotta you gotta take them, you know, while you can, and while they're hot, because if they're off the air for too long, they're kind of Stale. a waste. Yeah, you, you kind of forget about them. Like I, I'm shocked that they didn't pick pick up Bray Wyatt like as soon as his contract ran out or sixty days or whatever his non compete clause or whatever. Shocked they haven't. I don't think they've got Braun Strowman. Well, I mean, there's Strowman had, had gotten himself into some hot water with comments made, and not a lot of companies are really looking to touch him. But on the on the on the CM Punk thing, I, I want to preface it by saying I think Punk is one of the best talents in professional wrestling, and definitely an amazing draw. Having said that, what made Punk so special in the mystique of CM Punk was the fact he was the holdout. He was the guy that you really wanted to see, and he wasn't showing up. I would like to point out a comparison, and I'd made this comparison, and I got a lot of shit for it, but I think it's right, and I'm going to repeat it. Remember when the Chicago Cubs had that long drought of winning the World Series? You as a Cubs fan should know this pretty well. No, I have no idea. I have 
pushed it out of my memory. <laughs> so they went how, how many years did the, the Cubs go without a World Series? They went 107, 108, something like that. They went from 1908 to 2015, I think, was when they, or 2016 is when they went so somewhere in that range. It's fair to say what made the Cubs special was the fact that they had not won. Right. They were the lovable losers, and everybody was pulling for them to win the big one again. Yeah. And then when they finally won it, they just became another team. Right. It was gone. Yeah. Punk comes back. Now it's gone. You've lost the mystique that helped make you. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Everybody wanted Punk back. Punk comes back to a company that takes a lot of shots at WWE quite frequently. Now, the one thing Punk had was the shots that he was going to take at WWE. If he does that, it's not making him special. Yeah. Like, the the mystique is gone. And Punk is incredibly talented. And I'm sure in no time at all, Punk could become the top draw of the company and maybe in professional wrestling uh, again. But, I mean, the point is, with, with Punk returning, yeah, he, he won the AEW World Championship for a hot second, but unfortunately, due to injury, had to relinquish it. I I equate it to WCW getting Hogan. Hogan goes to WCW. Huge draw. Changes the game. He is the hot free agent. He was the guy that everybody was after. WCW gets him. And for the first year, maybe year and a half in WCW, the the act grew stale for, for Hogan. Yeah. The booze were going in and then he lucked into the, the NWO being the biggest success in professional wrestling history. I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to see, to your point, I know this is a little bit long-winded of this topic, but uh, I, to your point, I want to see something more out of punk. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he can switch heel face, face heel, whatever, because that's what worked for Hogan. The, the problem for for Punk is he him switching is not that big a deal because he's played both sides. We've seen it a lot. Like when Hogan switched, he was always face, and you can't do the same act for twenty years and expect people to be excited about it. Like you can do that act, you switch to something else, do it for a while, and then you can switch back, and people will be like, "Oh, I remember this. It's great." But and also, ugh, I don't want to get too much on the Hogan topic because I'm. Not, not a fan of not, not a Hulkamaniac? I'm not a Hulkamaniac. Never was a Hulkamaniac. Thought his act was boring <laughs> as hell. It was good for the time. It was good for the time. It, it, it Just looking back on it now, seeing all the stuff we have and all the creativity and all this great stuff, it just... It wasn't a great... It would... It, 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 it's... It would be a terrible act today. Like, it would be god-awful. So, I, I think, uh, again, under the CM Punk point, <clears throat> had Punk kept the world championship, and it's too early to tell, maybe this injury thing is a, uh, a work, and he's not, maybe as hurt as uh, originally estimated. He is older, so I could see it going both ways. But let, let's say for the, fact, the, the sake of argument, Punk... Punk's healthy. This ends up being a work. He, I, I feel personally the winner of the the battle royal to face Moxley is going to be MJF. I think he will appear, win it by some chicanery, 
and then probably cheat to beat Moxley and then become the interim AEW world champion, setting up a program for him and Punk. I don't know if that's the, again, right now, MJS probably the hottest heel in professional wrestling after that promo. Yeah. From a... Certainly past Roman. You be respectful of our tribal chief. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, that that's another topic. It's just starting to get a little stale. Like, they need to be careful. That is the... Where this is your 2022, also the year of our tribal chief. Uh, just like 2021. And 20. And part of 20. And... <laughs> but but I, I digress, I digress. Do you think... A match in AEW between CM Punk and Daniel Bryan would be the equivalent to a modern-day Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Probably. I mean, they're both extremely talented. Um, I mean, we, we, we've talked about Bryan for years and years and years and how exciting it was for him to, to come back. And... Um, Punk is, uh, I mean, Brian's a generational talent. There's not a whole lot you can say negatively about him. Um, Punk is, Punk is iffy, though. I feel like him having been out of the game for as long as, I mean, I guess Daniel was too, but, um, it's hard to say for sure. I think I think they would put on a really good match, especially with the freedom that you have in AEW versus WWE. Um, it would be a pretty good match, though. Um, I'd be interested to see how long their program goes, if it's going to be just one match, or if they're going to be, like, two or three, maybe more. But I, honestly, I think you, you cut it off at three. I, I don't think... I don't like a lot of wrestling programs that go past the third match unless it's like super fantastic all the time like uh Omega and Okada or like um ah shit their names escape me uh Michael Gargano well I was gonna say Gargano and and Ciampa actually but um yeah Michaels and Hart's another one I think those matches were really good um or Austin and Rock there's there's a few of them that can go more than three but um, you have to find the right, the right balance of wrestlers. I I think Punk and and and, uh, and Danielson would be really good. I would argue a Punk versus Brian Danielson match would be the biggest match in company history. Oh, in company history, absolutely. Um, they're two very sought after um, talents. Uh, a lot of people. Um, I don't think they've have they wrestled before. Yeah, they they have wrestled before, but not not at the level that they're both at right now. Being two top mainstay main event talent guys, we've not gotten that confrontation in ROH. I believe they had a couple of matches. I don't remember they they could have possibly had a match in WWE when they were both there. I I don't think they did. I could be wrong. No, they, they were both primarily faces at the same time. Um, and then by the time uh, Brian became... Uh, 
By the time Brian became super hot around the Yes movement, I think Punk was already gone um, at that point. Because he got really... He got hot around 30. What year was 30? Oh, shit. Um, hell, I don't know. That's, I, the thing I remember from that <laughs> night is that was the night Taker's streak got ended. Right. Yeah, because that was... What a great night. I'm just kidding. It wasn't a great night. That was terrible. <laughs> um, well, we're on 38 now, so eight years before this was 2014. So sure. 2014. If it was 2014 and my math's correct, um, yeah, that was around the time Punk was uh, had disappeared. I think he disappeared in that interim between when the Yes Movement started and when he, uh, he got entered in that match. Because I don't remember CM Punk being there. Do you, um, in your opinion, after this MJF promo, I know we're jumping around a bit, but this is we're a little bit schizophrenic in our talks, but... It's fine. <laughs> uh, do you feel, after that promo that MJF cut, do you think now he is a top guy in AEW? I think he's a top heel, for sure. Um, top guy's hard to say. There's a lot of good talent. Um... You got Hangman Page, you got Punk, you got Danielson, um, you got, uh, I think Jericho's still there, uh, Omega's still very good, um, I'd say yes, um, he's, he, I think he needs the title to solidify him being the end-all be-all for AEW, um, but he's definitely up there, he's in, he's, He's a main eventer for sure. Um, we can lock that in. He's definitely probably a top five person uh, in the in the company. Um, probably at least top ten as far as um, the two big ones. Um, so yeah, I, you could make an argument for it for sure. All right, that's fair. So we'll, we'll move on to the next topic here, and uh, this this one will be interesting. So. As it's been discussed and confirmed by the Nature Boy himself, Ric Flair, at the the age of 73, is going to have another final match in professional wrestling. This time, uh, I believe it's going to be a six-man tag involving the, the Rock and Roll Express, FTR, and there was rumors of a mystery partner. Look, <clears throat> in my opinion... Ric Flair is the greatest professional wrestler that has ever lived. I do not think anybody of any generation going now or in the future will ever touch the greatness that is Ric Flair. Rick does not need this match. Rick Rick Flair like there there's Ric Flair level and then there's Everybody else, like you could, Hogan could have his own tier, maybe Cena, but clearly Flair, 16 times the world champion at the top of the mountain. 73, and, and this is this is the same Ric Flair that has had some severe medical issues over the last five to six years. I, I believe it wasn't too long ago, I, I think they had him in a coma yeah, because, because I think the, the, right. the heart problem. <clears throat> it was real touch and go if he was going to make it. That sounds about right. Um, <clears throat> the training videos. 
training with Jay, Leaf, Jay, uh, Jay Lethal. He's taking some big bumps. He's coming off the top, taking bumps. Like, But Rick looks good in the ring. I mean, it, it's the nature boy. It's Ric Flair. But, I mean, he is 73. Looks like he hasn't missed a beat. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on, on Nature's last last match? Scotty, retirement age is 65. <laughs> I just want to remind I mean, maybe not for us, you know, us peons, but uh, retirement for most people is 65. Uh, I don't know if Ric Flair missed that boat, but um, he's had so many retirement matches. Just, just <clears throat> he doesn't need to come back. Nobody, I don't think anybody's really asking for that. Like, I don't think I, anybody's running around going, oh, my God, we need Flair back in the ring. Like, I think we've hit his, his – I don't want to be rude about it because he is a legend, but his expiration date passed about a decade ago. I, I mean, the thing is, <clears throat> Rock and Roll Express, in my opinion, greatest tag team of all time going against the greatest wrestler of all time. But – you have to wonder the, the the last match he had his retirement match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania was really good. Like we're talking one of the top WrestleMania matches of all time, even in terms of of emotion. The yeah. right before Sweet Chin Music, Shawn's like, "I'm sorry, I love you," and then boom, he kicks him, ends the career. It will. Be, I mean, there's no way emotionally we're going to top that. Right? No. Um, no, I mean, you had you had some pretty good emotional moments. Uh, Taker Michaels, the second one, was really good. I mean, you have a lot of good retirement matches. I don't see the point. I mean, I get it that he doesn't... He just can't... He's just got an itch to scratch, and he can't stop himself. Like, he's... He he needs to seek help for this. Like I like it's it's gone too far, man. Like I I hope it's a good match. I do. Um, I just want I, to be safe. I I genuinely hope it's a good match. I don't want to like poo poo on him too much because he's done a lot. But I don't I don't know that a lot of people were ever clamoring for this. I don't see the the real point of it. Um, it's not. It, it, it's lost its luster. It's not as big a deal. It's only a big deal because it's Ric Flair. Um, but I don't, I don't really see why he he would bother. Like, you know, let let it go, man. The motivation like, is is at a loss for you. Yeah, I just I don't see the point. Like, it, I, you know, it, it's one of those like you see a lot of a lot of times where. In any sport, where somebody will stick around way longer than they should have, um, or they'll come out of retirement and they'll have a very strong legacy tarnished, uh, like Michaels at whatever stupid Saudi show it was. Um, you know, we went into that match with Michaels going Michaels is up there with one of the greatest wrestlers of all time one of the greatest performers of all time he puts on a hell of a show and we left that and went what the hell happened to him and what the hell happened to all of them because it was four legends four people that had all we'd all grown up with in the attic well I, Michaels was yeah, Michaels. Semi, 
Michaels was basically semi-retired by the Attitude Era. Like he started it, but he wasn't there for the 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 meat of the of the Attitude Era. Um, but you know, we grew up with them in the '90s, and and you know, all through that, and it was one of the worst matches probably ever from four people who should have <clears throat> put on a five star classic. So I, I I'm afraid partially that that it'll do some damage. I don't think you could fully ruin Ric Flair's legacy, but you once you get to that point where your legacy is cemented and you're one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, doing a match like this can really make people go, Ugh. like, do we want that to be the last memory of Flair is of a bad match? Well, to, to point it out, I mean, he is in there... With the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, but how old were they? I mean, They've they're, they're, up, they're up there, but you're talking about guys that know how to how to work a match, how to, how to sequence everything perfectly. Yeah. It is a tag match, so Rick isn't going to have to take all the work. Yeah. I mean, you said FTR. Yeah. Which I believe they're a younger group. <laughs> My thing is, I think it will be a good match because I think the psychology of it, it's going to be Flair hitting all the greatest hits. Yeah. You get the chop. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the flip in the corner. I, I, I want to see it, but then again, I don't. It sounds terrifying. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> Ric Flair, like to me, was a large part of my childhood. I've gone back and, and quite fondly watched so many Ric Flair promos. I, I just, I truly love the Nature Boy. And, and I mean, I'll always have a soft spot to want to see Rick wrestle. Because we we've lost so many of our of our heroes growing up to to dying and an age an age like yeah it it kind of does get the childhood feelings going in like all right shit Ric Flair's going again all right let's let's fucking watch Rick do his thing but to your point like if if it's a stinker you don't want to like sully the reputation of what everything Rick did. If if you were booking Rick's final match, and it could be you can go all the way back to when he, he lost to Sean, who who would you have had him have his last match against? I think you leave it with Sean. I don't think you leave it with Sean? I don't think you needed to mess with it after Sean. Sean was probably the best choice. Maybe Triple H, but I feel like Triple H is a little more brutal and a little harder to work with in the ring than than, than Sean is. Because I feel like their style I feel like Sean and Flair's styles meshed better than Flair's would with Triple H. I know Triple H, there's a lot of the respect there, so that'd probably be the only reason I'd consider him for it. Those are the only two. Um, I don't think you really bring anybody out. I mean, obviously, Sting would have been a good choice, but he wasn't in WWE at the time um, and didn't have any interest in being in the WWE at the time, and understandably so, based on how it actually worked out. Um, but... The, I would stick. I would stick with that. Sean's probably the best choice. If if we're looking at what they had to work with, I mean, it, it, historical context, Sting would have been the guy. Yeah, but that's not. That wasn't an option. That wasn't going to be an option. I. Sean is a really good pick because Sean could go out there and have a, a match with a, a a lighter, and it'd be a five star match. Yeah. I kind of think it would have been poetic justice if it would have been Orton. 
the legend killer killing the legend of Ric Flair. Because imagine the promo. Rick's talking about diamonds are forever and so's the nature boy. But Orton gets on the mic and says, you know what, Rick? Diamonds might be forever, but at, at the end of WrestleMania, you know it's going to end you. It's going to be Evolution. Yeah, I, I think Evo, any member of Evolution would have also been a good pick because you could have gone with Batista as well. Um, but Batista reminds me a lot. Of, it's similar to like Triple H. I, I I think their styles wouldn't have meshed well. You need somebody that's a little more slippery and, and speedy in the ring because Flair at that age was already showing his age and he was not super fast. I mean, I don't think he was ever really a super fast worker like Michaels is um, or like Michaels was. Um but yeah, the biggest thing about wrestling, there's very few professions where um, where you get super famous and you can be around for a long time and have a lot of fans. Like, it's, like we're both big sports people, and we both have that, that unfortunate situation where we watch people that we grew up with retire and leave. You know, you have the Peyton Mannings, the Drew Breeses. I Eventually, was Tom Brady's old ass will finally freaking retire. I, I was sad about Brady for like 72 hours, and yeah. then I was elated to see that the GOAT had come out of retirement. But, uh, you know, you, you get that, though. You, like, like wrestling, I think acting's probably the only thing I can think of that, you know, you get that same sort of situation where you can watch somebody start acting in their 20s, and they can act until they're in their 70s or 80s. Uh, maybe not to the the level that they did in, in their twenties, but um, you know you, you have that luxury in wrestling where you can wrestle long term um, because it's it's not a competitive business like the NFL is or any other major you know sport like that where you know teams will eventually go look you're just not worth paying for like at any rate like. I mean, yeah, the thing is, Ric Flair is always going to draw huge because he's Ric fucking Flair. Right. Like, most people go to the NFL or baseball or whatever to watch their team. They're not necessarily looking for a specific player. Whereas wrestling, you tend to go there for a specific wrestler, you know, or a group of wrestlers. Um, so you can draw with a name, whereas... Yeah, I mean, the Broncos could hire Peyton Manning out of retirement and have him play a game, and people would be excited about it, but Until they that's, one, that's one game, and after that they're going to be like, unless you, like, won and kicked the crap out of whatever team you were playing against, like, cool nostalgia feelings. Now, please go back to retirement. Like, you're too old to, you're too old to play at that point. So, like, it is nice in wrestling to have that luxury of being able to watch like, watch Stone Cold Steve Austin come out of retirement after 17-plus years. Like, it's nice to have it. It's better than what we have, you know, in other major sports, but... I think, speaking of Austin, like, that match was... It was great. And I, th- I think he stole the show. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it <laughs> did... He he did the opposite of what Michaels did at Crown Jewel. He, he, he took an already great legacy and showed that he still had it. And all the nostalgia came back, and it was it was good. I think he picked the right person to work with, though. That does help. You, that's that's another thing with wrestling, is you have to be working with the right people. If you work with the wrong people, um, 
And even people that you would think would be great would be the right people. But if you work with the wrong people, you can really uh, screw the pooch. And that, that's I, I would agree with that. But when it comes to the overall legacy of Ric Flair, I, I don't think he's in any jeopardy of, of having it tarnished. I just hope he's safe in the match. Uh because I'm not ready to give up on the nature boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. as long as he's safe, he, he he seems like he's working with a group that knows what the hell they're doing, so I don't think we have too much risk of, of any sort of injury. Um, so I, I think he'll be all right, just I think careful. Well, I think one thing that also, back on the, the Austin topic, that, that made Austin's match so good with Kevin Owens... Austin is the greatest brawler in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah. And they played right to his strength. They put him in a brawl. Yeah. Yeah. It also helps. A lot of his stuff is low impact. He does not have a lot of super high impact moves. Even the stunner you can do relatively safely if you you know what you're doing. Um, Owens didn't get enough. I feel like enough offense. A lot of his is high impact. Um, I, I don't know if Austin could have took a fucking pop-up powerbomb. I don't think he could have. I think that's why I'm glad it was a brawl and not um, a more traditional <coughs> a more traditional match. Because I, I don't think he would have been able to do it. I don't know that Kevin would have wanted, wanted to. Um, I don't think it would have been particularly safe. So I, I think Austin... Leading most of that and um, and being the main um, main protagonist in that match, um, rather than you know getting a lot of the attack uh, drawn to him was was good, um, and I think that helped. With Flair, I, I I mean I feel like it's you just come out, you do your signatures, uh, maybe you have them do the figure four to end the match. I I don't have him doing a whole lot of stuff. They they may. They may do some stuff with him if, if what you're saying is true and he's he's been jumping off the top rope. Well, I, I'm concerned he's going to explode into dust. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I think... I think you'll, I think you'll do okay. Um, I just... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily like the idea of the match though I feel like at this point um, he should have just stuck it in retirement and just went off on his merry way well say so one thing I, I do want to ask about we recently did get a new logo for the podcast we'll have that up on this video we also have up on the rest of our social medias what do you think of the new logo it was interesting um, I like it uh, I like the old one too but uh, I think it has a cleaner look um I like the color scheme but you know purple and green works well together so um it it definitely works I, de- I definitely like it though cause it, it this this we all we always knew with this podcast we weren't gonna be able to get all four of us together all the time you know it's gonna be one or two of us or you know some amalgamation of the four of us um so, I like that it it more represents just 
everything we're doing in general. So um, I like it, though. It, it looked good for me, so I'm, I'm quite content with it. Um, another thing, we had announced it on our social medias also. September 16th and 17th, we're going to be at Top Rope Wrestling Con in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Really looking forward to that. Uh, Elijah Burke will be our guest of honor. He will be live at the booth for both days, Saturday and Friday, the 16th and the 17th. And Elijah Burke's going to be there signing autographs, taking pictures, meeting his Tampa congregation chapter. It's going to be a good time. We really do hope to see you guys there because it'll be an amazing experience. And they're announcing names left and right for this. They got William Regal announced for this. And William Regal, I had heard, does not do very many signings. Like, I I can personally count. This is the first ever signing I've ever heard William Regal doing. Hmm. Kevin Nash has done a couple thousand. Uh, Kurt Angle's done a lot. But a uh, friend of the podcast, Tony Vela, and his partner, who I your name escapes me at this time, so I apologize for that. But Tony... And his partner are putting on a tremendously stacked show. And again, that's going to be September 16th and 17th in Tampa, Florida. And your boys, Heated Shenanigans Podcast, are going to be there live. Uh, Colin, are you going to be able to make the trip? I probably will not. Unfortunately, my one-year wedding anniversary happens that very weekend. So I don't don't think my wife is going to necessarily let me uh, go running off to Florida without her. Um, you're on the beach taking a picture <laughs> I wish you were here <laughs> have a happy anniversary honey hope you are at home <laughs> at home in Indiana yeah um, unfortunately my, my wedding anniversary is the uh, is the 18th so it, it, it fell on the worst possible weekend it could have fallen on um, so yeah I, unfortunately I won't be able to make it I think uh, I, I think the rest of the gang will be down there um, I'm I'm the least important part of the team, so I oh, feel no, like it's, it's an feel equal. Like... <laughs> we're all equal. That's that's the thing. We're all equal. Um, no no one person is more important than the other here. Yeah, I I uh, I, I joked I joke with my wife about taking her down. She's like, well, yeah, but then you know my 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 son's in school at that point too, so we wouldn't. It's a lot, but uh, yeah, my wedding anniversary being that weekend kind of puts the kibosh on me being able to to travel down to Florida, uh, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I haven't flown since before 9-11. I was nine years old, I think in 1997, is the last time that I flew. We live in a completely different fucking world right now. I, the last time I flew... Flew was in 2009. That was the only time I've flown. I've only flown once, and it was it was only like a half hour flight. Um, nobody wanted to drive up to Chicago to get me. They were willing to drive to to Indy to get me. So um, it was like a half hour flight. It wasn't much of anything. So I can't say that I've really done a lot of flying. From what I remember, because it's been a long time, um, it was fine. It's not too bad. Um, but I guess it depends. Um, I, that flight will be quite a bit longer. It's a few hours, about three. It's about three or four. Yeah. Layover is what I'm trying to avoid. Depends on where you go. I'm booking they, the I'm booking the flight um, 
next week is when I'm going to book it. But um, before we wrap this up, Colin, do you have anything else you want to add into this episode? Yeah, uh, hopefully the Celtics win. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Go Celtics. They got one game up on the, the Warriors, and I think they're playing right now. We can get a, get a score update, just trying to date the episode here. Since I load up Bleacher Report. Golden State's up 52-50 to 50 at halftime. That's a close game. It's a close game. Just you stand it, guys. Uh, Heedy Shenanigan's podcast is well in favor of the Boston Celtics winning there. At least these two are. <laughs> yeah, this, I don't know about the other two. Let's not speak for the other two. This <laughs> combination, Scott and Colin here, we're, we're, we're wanting the Celtics to win. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's say tonight's also the uh, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Just again, thank you guys so much for the outpouring support. And remember to check us out on Facebook. That is Heated Schnagans Podcast on Facebook. Working on getting a Twitch going. Maybe revisit YouTube. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But we're also on Twitter and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. And until next time, guys, everybody take care.